Do you enjoy playing relaxing puzzle games on your phone? I do. It's even better when they're free and you can collect prizes along the way. Welcome to Two Dots. I have been playing Two Dots to relax my mind, unwind, and there's something very methodical about it. The premise of the game is you connect dots horizontally, vertically, but never diagonally. And you head from level to level. And as I mentioned, you do collect points along the way if you are into that. More than 5,000 puzzles to keep you engaged and relaxed after a very long day, uniquely designed challenges challenges, game modes, and levels to choose from based on what adventure you are into. And by the way, you can download it for free right now on your Android phone or iOS. I also like the color template of this game. It's very, it's giving me very like pastel-y vibes. So yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it too. If you are ready to kick back and unwind, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS and start connecting. Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code T-S-F-S. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option, if you're doing fertility or IVF, can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I say. Look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. From wine tastings to bike rides, art shows to beer gardens, street hockey to fashion shows, and so much more, there is always something going on at Crystal City. Offerings and live entertainment. For all the details, crystalcity.org. All right, my favorite real estate team in town. The Manny and David team can show you homes that aren't even on the market yet. They'll help you every step of the way. The Manny and David team at Compass work at any price point and in every zip code in the DMV. Check them out at mandyanddavid.com. Hey, 
Sarah Fraser on the mic and she about to be in the co-host with the most ball one looking fleek. Take it from me, you shouldn't be listening. Uh, you guys, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Frazier, along with Paul Wharton. Hello, hello. We do this podcast every week. It is all about news of the week, pop culture, yes. our lives, a oh lot God. about our lives. A lot about our lives, <laughs> right? And then we try to do interviews that, you know, make you comfortable in the uncomfortable. Oh. Or, you know, I'm always trying to make Paul uncomfortable by talking about race. Yes, you are. <laughs> you want me to be the authority for all black people. I do. I really do. I look to you. All right, okay. Because if you don't know what we look like, which I'm sure no one listening, I mean, I can't imagine there's anybody listening. By the way, if you if you have no idea what we look like, if you listen to this podcast every week and you have no clue what we look like, email us. us. Yeah, Google us and then email us. Sarah I mean, at com yeah. and Paul Wharton style at yahoo.com. Wouldn't you be curious to see if nobody knows what they have to they know? They know what, what we look like. like. I would think. Yeah. Anyway, you're black, so I defer to you. So that's why I'm like, I want you to answer for all black people. Right, right. And you're white. And, um, you know, but I know a lot of white and people. I, Do you have any black I friends other than all. me? Yes, tons. Actually, really. TK, my TK? friend Barbara. Okay. Um, I, I, my longtime college, uh, my first college roommate, Lourdes, she was yeah. African-American. Then my other dear friend, Sarah Hua, she okay. is Vietnamese, Chinese. Yeah. You know, I used to have a lot more white friends. I mean, I have friends of every ethnicity. But where are my white friends? Yeah, where go? are they? Well, I mean, you got Dan, you got me, you got AJ. The <laughs> yes, <Asian>. that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, I've got a couple. All right, sounds good to me. We'll be your white friends. Yeah. We'll talk about that, by the way, because everybody's very upset over the past week with the controversy of come meet a, a black person okay. with that event in Georgia. I want to know if you're upset about that. Well, I'm not really upset about it because I feel like anybody that would come to that event is coming with great intentions because they really just want to meet a black person. You know, it doesn't seem normal to us because we live here in the DMV, but some people, maybe they never actually met a black person before. Well, I was saying this to you before we got started on the show today. I actually... Look, and people are very upset about this, so I'm sure we'll get emails. But I love the concept. And this is, ho- we'll just talk about it now, because this was hosted, is being hosted by an African-American woman who put it together. She says that after doing her research and a survey that was done in 2015, that 75% of white people in the United States, so you're talking a lot of rural areas, do not have non, they, do, they don't have any non-white friends. Mm. Okay. Which, like I was saying to you, I grew up in Maine. Sure. We had one kid in our high school mm-hmm. who was mixed race, and yeah. that was it. Sure. So it's like, oh, my God. I think that was the greatest thing for me about going to college. I was like, oh, my God. I'm actually experiencing and you know learning from other people from different backgrounds. Well, you know, we're from Cleveland, and then when I was about nine months old, we moved to Maryland. We moved to Columbia, Maryland. Then we moved to Laurel, Maryland. And Holly and I grew up in a neighborhood where... That's you know, your all, sister, that's right? Holly's sister, Holly. Okay. And um, there's two of us. She's two years and two days older than me. And then our friends were all white in the neighborhood. And we used to say to people back in Cleveland, we're the only blacks in our neighborhood. Like, it was like a thing. You know? In our whole neighborhood, we were the only blacks. We had Nicole Gerard, Nicole Mamula. We had, like, Sarah Skelly and Lori Tanner and all of our friends, but they were all white. That's so... Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But we had the best stuff. We had, the, we had like, a toboggan. 
Do you know oh, the toboggan? Yes, is? I used to have. We used to have a toboggan. I love a toboggan. Holly and I had a toboggan. Yes. We had like uh, eight um, bikes or ten or something. Wow. And then we had a three wheeler, the ATC three wheeler that everybody like you oh, know sure, that they're sure, riding sure. now and yeah. it's totally legal. We had one when we were kids, and we used to ride it around, right? The illegal ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, we were hooked up. Oh my, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that's why they liked us. Maybe we were there. Token yeah, black friends. The rich black friends. <laughs> we had good stuff. Yeah. We're going to the Wardens. <laughs> exactly. We got the three wheeler. Right. Toboggan. But we didn't have Tang and Fruit Loops. See, my mom didn't buy that shit. Oh, good for her. So we had to go to Nicole Gerard's house for the Tang and the Fruit Loops. I was like, you have Tang, Fruit Loops, and Lucky Charms? Oh, my God. It's like winning the lottery. What did your mom feed you? She was very healthy? Well, she liked to cook the food, you know, so we couldn't, like, go in the cabin and just whip ourselves up something. It's like she would be have all her pots on, Anita Baker. You know, my mom would play her music really loud. She would have a glass of champagne, and she would. <laughs> are you looking for I'm something? I'm looking up any Baker size. I'm that's to um. Uh, that's not you get giving good love. love. Yeah, no, it's um. Giving the best that I got. Giving you. That's it. Play giving it. Play you it. The best that that's I what got. I was just singing. Oh, well, play hold it. on. It's gonna go through like a bunch of commercials here. I feel like the picture perfect. She always like set the scene, right? Like she it was set the, the scene, honey. We could hear the music coming from our house all the way down the street. Really? Okay. Oh my god, this exchange for the things you give to me. Hey, mom. <laughs> what we have for dinner? Get out of my kitchen, boy. Go outside and play with your friends. I call you when the shit lights come on. I want to hang out with you, though. Boy, get out this house. You just passed. Go. Get it. Oh my god, I totally get it. And then this I jump on my three wheeler and roll out. <laughs> you jump on my three wheeler. I just want to see you on a three wheeler. I would die. Oh my god. Anyway, oh. Okay, well, coming to black person, we've already discussed right. that. Oh, there you go. That would be so So hysterical. we've all been doing it. We just didn't call it that. We just didn't call it that. Okay. Uh, well, people are really upset about it, as you can imagine. Does anyone give a, set, give a shit anymore that people are upset? Do, do you care? Like, now I feel like. I don't even respond anymore when people like people were very upset with me too this past week because um, you know Jordan Peele. I remember I was saying to you I just I'm a year yeah. behind like mm-hmm. everything, so I just watched Get Out, mm-hmm. and then the Golden Globe nominations came out, and I thought that Get Out must have been nominated sure. last year, but it's actually nominated for this year. It was nominated in the comedy category, and people were very upset. Okay. And I said I, I posted on my Twitter. I said, okay, I you know. Excuse me, I get that people are upset, but isn't the point that, like, this film needs to win in some category because it just creates this incredible conversation and awareness. And people are like, that's not the point. But now I just don't Well, to me, I think it would have less chance of winning as a comedy because it just really wasn't. Right, right, right. And that was Jordan Peele's response. He's very upset that he's like, if people think this is a comedy, you've completely missed the point, and it's a documentary. But I really don't see it as a documentary, because it's a scripted film. Like, I don't know. I I don't know either, but, you know, like, I guess... 
what I did understand, because after I saw the film and then I started watching these mm-hmm. um, Jordan Peele interviews, I mean, basically he was saying that it really is from the perspective of how African-Americans feel that they've been living and culturally appropriated in this country for so long. Okay. Um, that it really was about their experience. Now, it was put into this horror film category mostly because in the horror films, if there's any black people at all, they're usually killed off. Mm-hmm. They never live till the end. So it was sort of a spoof. Well, maybe not anymore. I mean, back in the day, it used to be like, oh, the black guy's going to go first. You know, but I don't know now, I think because that became such a stereotype that I think filmmakers are like, well, we can't kill the black guy first. (laughs) I mean, we kill him like second or third. Right, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, he responded and says that he does not feel like it should be in the comedy category, but I don't know if the Academy cares or not. So we'll see. Well, what do you think? Is it an honor just to be nominated? Okay, uh, this is a very white perspective, but I would say yes, because, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. think about how many film directors there are. Think about how many people want to even make it as far as Key and Peele have made it, right, in their careers. You have millions of people dying to be there. Mm -hmm. So, yes, and I think Jordan Peele deserves every award because this man has created this film and taken his art to a conversation about race in a in a way that was entertaining yet meaningful and so much innuendo. Mm-hmm. So I believe it is. I think that people listening to this will say absolutely not, that mm-hmm. it's more offensive to not truly honor this in the category that should be honored. Okay. Um, but to me, let like put him in this category of comedy, let him win, let Jordan Peele get on stage and have 25 million people watching to say this is the point this is what the academy messed up as you know what i'm saying i feel like that's art don't you think i really do well let me just tell you about being about susan lucci i want to bring her up i want to bring up ben affleck oh yeah oh well okay okay. yeah is that a good thing or well let me set the scene for you (laughs) okay yeah tell me i am doing the best work of my life i'm thinking this this is like four years ago. I'm working at the CW. I have done a show about the sport of polo called Where the Elite Meet. I have done a holiday special with Paula Dane. Oh, she was that. my bestest friend. We made hoe cakes, okay? <laughs> like, I was seriously trying to make it happen. Okay. We made DC's Next Top Model, the FBL show. Then I was asked to host the local Emmys. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is it. This is my year. Yeah. I had a whole table. I invited my whole family, my I dad, love- my mom, her husband, his wife, like the whole thing. I had a friend come down from New York. I love it. But I wasn't nominated for anything. You know, I'm hosting the Emmys. Listen, you know how to get a black queen salty as hell (laughs) at the Emmys? Look. Don't nominate him. Don't nominate him for shit. (laughs) So in that instance, I guess it is an honor to be nominated. But how about this? Having to give out all those fucking awards and you're not even nominated and you did all that work. I know. So don't you. So you think it's just an honor, too. Well, I think as a first time filmmaker to be nominated for a Golden Globe is huge. I agree. And he he's young. I mean, he could have his whole career ahead of him. He could make like. 20 more movies that could be nominated. I mean, he really. Peel uh, tweeted last week, Get Out is a documentary. Um, and he goes on to basically say that this movie should not be trivialized. 
Um, am I saying that right? Trivialized. Trivialized. Thank you. Thank you. But it's you, not a documentary. You. I'm sorry. I'm standing behind that. It's not a documentary. Uh, yeah. Well. No. It's a horror film. We'll see how people. Um, when that white Porsche rolled up in the beginning and yeah. came after that guy and strangled him and put him in the back of that old 944 Porsche. Yep. Okay, yep. That shit was scary. I know. It was no, terrifying. No, that was scary. Definitely. It was terrifying. Isn't that something? Okay. So well, anyway, eh. um, look, it's Thanksgiving week and um, there's tons going on in your life. There's yeah. tons going on in my life. But one of the, actually speaking of terrifying, I feel like I'm about to be abducted into that white Porsche. <laughs> we have a live podcast show coming up. Uh. December 15th at the DC Improv. It's a Friday night. You can get your tickets. It will sell out. We're only doing one show. It's at 730. Um, but Paul has said that he wants us <laughs> to open the show, each doing a five-minute set of stand-up comedy. Yes. Straight stand-up. Let me tell you what something. What is fucking wrong we with you? We have to challenge ourselves. We can't keep going through, okay, today I, I go, I do the morning show at Fox. I rush, 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 rush. I get down here, we do the podcast. I mean, it's like so much going on, but I know how to do those things. It's do you not want to start a editing the show? That could challenge you. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know me. What do I always say? I got to go. <laughs> as soon as you put your finger go. on that button, I'm like clicking my car. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Call me when I'm in the car. I gotta go. Because I mean, I could think of a couple challenges for you other than us doing stand up. <laughs> like, I could. Maybe you could do some sound effects for the show. No. No. The laugh is all you get. <laughs> Honey, I keep the lights on in this but, piece. Look, I'm making sure we get some money, okay? That is true. You're, Paul is, like, super good at that. Super good. I'll book Shoot. the guests. You do the right. sales. Let's just all calm down and keep doing what we're doing. Like I said, you click that button, I'm out. <laughs> but I just think it's great because you're a funny person. I'm a funny person. I did stand up one time before for my friend um, Karen Williams. You know, she was playing at the DC yes, Improv. Yes, which I never, I never saw that show, but I know... I had you a said total it was, well, right? outer body experience. I was like floating above myself. I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Why would I subject myself to this torment? I have to stand in front. And they were all lesbians. Oh, my God. So Karen is a very famous. Karen Williams is her name. You can check her out. But she's like a famous lesbian comedian. She's been playing forever. And I opened her show. And, you know, the lesbians and the gay guys. So, the you know, everybody, oh, LGBT pride. Fuck that. Lesbians usually don't like gay guys. Yeah, like, right. You know right. what I mean? Like, there's like a little bit of a thing. So I had to get over that, and I opened the show talking about an experience that I had, where I was standing at a urinal. <laughs> this happens all the time, by the way. It just happened the other day. Standing in the urinal, fresh blowout. Okay, so you got those two components. <laughs> Me standing, taking a piss at the urinal with my fresh flowing blowout, and the guys come in and then they like they look at me and then they. You hear the screech of their sneakers, and then they grab the door, and they look back at the door, and it says men, and then they look straight ahead, and they scratch their head and look back over at me. And so this it happened, like, right around that show. So the guy did all that, and I looked over him. Hey, how you doing, bro? How you doing? What's up? And he was like, ah, ah. And the guy just, like, took off running out of the bathroom. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? To say. Oh, I what play with think? them all the time, and then, or I'm just like, you know, or else I'll like do that, you know, thing where I put my hands up on the wall, like my my dick is like 12 inches long, <laughs> you know, like, oh yeah, just had to drain, oh yeah, had to drain this big boy, oh yeah, they're like, oh my god, what is this guy 
doing? What is happening? Oh my god. Yeah. That is a great way to open the show. Okay, you're giving me um, a little more hope. I just feel like, you know, okay, so I did stand-up comedy back in the I'm talking like my, when I started my radio days, so I don't even know, 2007, like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it is so hard to work material. And, you know, I had all these. I was much heavier then. And then, of course, you know, my weight transformation. So I. So it was self effacing, all your comedy, huh? All my comedy was self effacing. Yeah. But it was basically like, and I can't even say these jokes anymore. It was saying how I loved be I miss being overweight because I was harder to date rape. Like, it was wow. very hard yeah. to, like, put yeah, something yeah, in my sure. drink because you couldn't carry me out no. of the bar. <laughs> no, don't lead with the rape. No. That's what I'm saying. I don't even know how to lead. Like, what? I mean, we got to, like, work the material. Well, so the rest of your material, was it based on real life experiences or just a little, like, um, punchline type things? Because I tell stories. Well, that's what I'm wondering is I do think I tried to actually write jokes back then. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sort of thinking, OK, well, you know, I can easily like bullshit on a microphone for five minutes. But mm-hmm. then I'm like, is that really stand up comedy or is it just basically like a warm up for our to podcast? Our po- yeah, because the like, podcast you th- show th- is actually funny. So we right. really need to make sure that there's a little bit of a difference. They're, they're not indistinguishable. Right. Our stand up and our podcast show. Right. So that's my thing. Are you going to write like actual jokes with punchlines? I don't think I'm going to do punchlines, but I'm going to write funny stories. Now, listen, this is the thing. This is the thing about even doing this podcast. I look at other, I look at, you know, comics and their stand-up shows, and they make a lot of this shit up. You know what I've been doing wrong? I tell all my real business. (laughs) (laughs) I could have told you that. Yeah, in radio, everything's fake. Yeah, I should have been doing that from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like, it's all I'm fake. telling all this business, and I actually had somebody call me the other day. Do you ever think that maybe, um, I don't know, you might say a little too much about <laughs> no. You know, and I'm like, well, I mean, as far as I know, like, this podcast is like therapy for me. Although, you gotta start banning people from listening. That's well, what I let me tell you about the latest ban. <laughs> Just tell yes. you. So, my sister. Uh, shares on her Facebook the other day. Oh my God, they, these people have such great chemistry. This is amazing. Got to listen to this podcast. It helps get me through my week. So the first like I see is from my dad. <laughs> so I text him, and I'm going to let you read the text. And I'm just like, listen, the podcast is not parent approved. And then he responds, what? <laughs> So what? So I call him and I'm like, "What didn't you understand about what I just wrote?" He was like, "Wait, what do you mean?" I was like, "Look, let me, I'm just gonna tell you this once. You know, you're a grown man. Look, oh my look, god, did, did I make it up or not? <laughs> See, I'm telling you, I told the truth. Yeah, yeah, you did. You <laughs> so did. she's reading what? my text right now. She's like, like, "What?" I said, "Look, I'm telling you. I talk about some things that you're not gonna want to know about. <laughs> Enter at your own risk. It's not for you to hear. Trust me, you're not gonna be able to reverse what you hear. Just." You know, I think my mom too has given up like listening a long time ago. She like couldn't yeah. handle all the vibrators and sex talk. Yeah. She's like so out. Yeah, she rarely listens. She'll like or she'll call me and she'll be like, "Um, yeah, listen to your podcast today." And I skip to the interview. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, or that was a different show. And she's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, all right. Well, anyway. So yeah, we're gonna have to work on our sets because oh! this it's challenging though, right? I don't even know where to start. We need something to stir it up, though. We need something that's going to make those butterflies come back. And I think really, I I feel every day. You do? Yes. Yes, Every day? Absolutely. Oh shit. I'm like, are we going to continue next week? What's going on? I feel anxiety about rich man. What you say? (laughs) Are you going to run off with a rich man? No, I'm not running anywhere. I'm here. (laughs) 
<laughs> Shit, no. I'm like, wait, how long is this gonna last? Are you gone? Like, are you every week? I'm oh, like, you have that. Is he um, gonna be on you have a that jet? Fear? <laughs> yeah. You have that fear of being abandoned? <laughs> no, no, I'm just teasing you. I really don't. Maybe I'll use that as a good joke, though. Yeah, you could. Anyway. Um, so what else is going on in your life? We we definitely have that. And by the way, you know what? I want to hear from people like if they think that we should do this stand up set and then get into our podcast show because it's something entirely different for us. Tweet at us after you listen yeah. to the show. Okay, you're gonna be out all. Thanksgiving, you're going to be in your car for Black Friday, doing all your shopping. Tweet at HeyFrage and at Paul Wharton, mm-hmm. okay? On Twitter, let us know if yes, we should do the stand-up set or no. Yeah. Oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm going to, like, crap my pants. <laughs> like, literally. Oh, God. I know. I hope my citrus cell works that day. Otherwise, I'm going to shit myself right I don't want you to right shit before. yourself. Well, we just got over the showering <laughs> thing. <laughs> Did you see? I mean, It'd be so good. That would. I, no, if, if I shit myself on stage, I'd be like the, my best night because people would love it. They'd like, oh my laugh. God. Then I have to exit stage right. <laughs> It'd be great. You'd have to come on. It'd be perfect. Bye. And I'd also, I mean, myself. I'm interested to hear if people want another special guest at our, at our live show. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because wait, the last live show we did, I think, we had was... Monique Samuels. That's right. Yeah, from the Real Housewives of Potomac. We've normally had a special guest. But we have so much to say in that podcast, and I really like when we're able to interact with the audience. And it goes so fast. It goes so fast. It really does. And we're all drinking and having fun. (laughs) I mean, we are. We all. Are you going to drink at this? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay. Well, Um, sometimes you're on, sometimes you're on. I'm on cock too, baby. Okay. Perfect. That's a perfect moment. I'm on cock too, too. That'll be, I'll probably be too. cocked out. I'll be like, what are you that? All right, my, my set's working. Okay. Exactly. Okay. You're All warming right. up. All right, I'm warming up. But I also want to tell people, Sarah, just in case they didn't know, you know, our friends over at Mervis Diamond Importers, yes. which we love. They're having a holiday trunk show on Saturday, December 2nd, and I am going to be the Mervis Diamond personal shopper. So if you're looking for a special gift for someone for the holidays, you can definitely come check them out in 1900 Mervis Way out in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. And I'm shopping with people from 12 to 2, and you're going to be there as well. I'm going to be there as well. I'm going to be hanging out, and then we are going to do a Facebook Live with, yeah. um, with Paul, so I'll be hanging out and doing the little Facebook Live. Um, But yeah, especially for people who feel like they don't know what to get their significant other, you're so good at gift giving. And Paul really is. I mean, Paul is like the friend and the person that all of a sudden you're just working and he's like comes in with flowers and you're like, oh, that's so sweet. I need to start randomly buying people (laughs) gifts. So you're so good. So please, please, please come. We've got a Facebook invite up. You can find that um, if you just search Mervis Diamond, their trunk show event. But that is all going down December 2nd. And we'll Fun. be there. 12 so to 2. Also, we got to thank Pacers. Um, Pacers has a great podcast all about life, running comedy. It's called Run Pacers. Check them out. Um, and definitely, after you listen to their podcast, let them know that you heard about them from the Hayfresh podcast with Paul Warren. We would love that. Love it. A um, couple other stories to get to before we get uh, comedian Donnell Rawlings is going to be on. He was supposed to be on with us last week. He was in a different time zone, didn't connect. So this week he's on. Yes, so um, funny. So Saw funny. Saw the Dave Chappelle show, and I thought he stole the show, actually. I thought he stole the show, too. It was so Hilarious. Holy shit. And the craziest part is I was reading his bio to get him on the show. We actually were um, competing radio. So when I used to co-host on 99.5, he was on PGC Ooh. with Big Tigger. Do you remember oh, Big Tigger? Yeah, of course. So he did a brief morning show. He's in show Atlanta run. now. Yes. Tigger, yeah. I was like, don't He was dating um, Rudy Huxtable. Keisha Knight Pulliam. He was big for a long time before she got pregnant with the Lisa Wu's um, ex-husband from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Wow, was that devastating for Big Tigger? 
totally devastating. Really? So she was like cheating on him and then got pregnant? I don't know that much about it, but I know he was dating Rudy Huxtable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's like way better drama yeah. going on over there. Oh my God, there's a lot going uh, on. So he's coming up, but there's a ton of stories that I thought we could get to too um, and chat about because I wanted to see. Last week, President Trump now lifted the ban or what was a ban on um, game hunting, big game hunting in Africa. So this basically means, and people were so outraged, I kept seeing this all over my, my social mm-hmm. media feed, but essentially now in two new regions that never before allowed big game uh, to bring your like lion head back and your um, elephant trunks back, they're now allowing that. You think that's bad news? Oh, I think it's horrible news. But I think that, you know, one of the main issues right around the time you got elected, remember that picture surfaced of Eric and Don Jr.? Yes. Right? So any wrong that the Trumps have done, he tries to make it right by law. Like, he just wants to fix all their stuff up. That's actually a great observation. No, really. You're right. Because tax why would stuff. he give a shit? Right. He obviously is not out there doing that himself. Now, um, a lot of conservationists make the argument that the long-term health of big game is actually helped when big game can cross international boundaries, meaning that they can bring home their... um whatever, the heads of these poor How animals, because they have to pay so much to go shoot these animals that you, because basically to shoot okay. an elephant is like $100,000 or to shoot a lion is like $65,000. Oh, so they're saying that these fees are so much that they help these areas like in Zimbabwe and Kenya to. It makes me sad though. I do too. I think it's It makes so me sad that some, like, you know, if Why? somebody could put a price on our lives and say, oh yeah, you could shoot this person for a million dollars. Like it's kind of like, oof. I mean, to me, it's like uh, I, so in the Safari Club International is a hunting advocacy group that has consistently opposed any restrictions on importing trophies from abroad. Uh, they're very, very happy about this. I think it's just so disgusting. Mm. I mean, honestly, I'm not a huge animal lover, but I have such a respect for um, for animals in the wild and animals mm-hmm. are so intuitive and they're so much more advanced than sure. we think. And the fact that. You know, just because you're rich, you can go over there and pay a hundred fucking thousand dollars and shoot this animal and bring it back. It just is disgusting. It's really gross. Bring me the hundred. I'll show you a good time. I mean, I would really love to know. know Shit. (laughs) Yeah, you can mount us. I got an elephant trunk for ya. For a hundred. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm running all night set. long, baby. It's you. This is a yeah. good set. I love it. Uh, one of the places where this has been lifted to is Zimbabwe, which, of course, as you know, is currently in political turmoil. Um, it's just so sad. I mean, I'd be curious to hear somebody try to argue the the side of it that how the money helps um, grow these populations. Sure. So, I don't know. If you're well-versed on that, you can contact us. And a couple of people uh, have basically made the argument that 50 years ago, that mm-hmm. really helped when these animals mm-hmm. were even sort of more endangered. But now you have bigger things like the population, like more and more people are infringing. So even if they have the money to allow sanctuary areas, it's not going to help because these animals basically have nowhere to roam then. Okay. Very, very sad. Very um, sad. It's now official, by the way. This probably doesn't surprise you. Where do you think most people now are meeting their significant others? That they're Online, on, on uh, Tinder. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Actually, yeah. it's not Tinder. It's Match.com is number one. Match.com has never worked for me. Really? I've tried it like three times. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I got matched up, but I didn't like any of the matches. Did they look like who they were supposed to look like in real life? You no, know, maybe I just don't go that far. You know what I think it is? Oh. Like, even with Tinder, like, I'll swipe around and I'll match and I'll, like, message a little bit. But I just don't go all the way to the meeting. 
Oh, wait, no, wait. What's happened with the guy, the cute guy that sent you the nude photos? That was I can't like, go all the way to the meeting for some reason. I'm blocked. So why, why do you think that is? Um, Somebody the other day was out with me, and I was looking at my glass weird, and they said, you think someone's trying to poison you, right? And I was like, <laughs> how'd you know? You know, I don't know. Oh, you I think feel, someone, you just have that, no, ins- that not insecurity. I'm just like, I met fear. this person. You know, what if that's not their real picture? What if it is? It seems seems weird. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'd be better to, like, go on a group date first, and then if it works out, like, after everybody sees their face, then I go off. Well, you're not alone in the sense that now that's where everyone's meeting, and you are right. They found a whopping, this was done by the knot.com, that close to 20% of all people polled that have recently gotten engaged got married or found each other on a dating site or an app. Mm. It is now the most popular. It's leading by about 2% of people meeting um, on other forms of social media. So, like, just meeting on Twitter or whatever, they don't consider that a dating app. Okay, so let me tell you what my friend Sidra and I, you know Sidra Smith, so if y'all don't know her, you can Google her. Sidra Smith, she is Tasha Smith, the actress, her identical twin sister. She's my best friend in New York. She's my um, production partner and best friend. So anyway, she and I decide, oh, first of all, this friend of ours, like, invited us over to, to her house. Um, to meet her new boyfriend. Okay. This woman doesn't have the best personality. She's not the best looking. Like, I'm just like, wait a minute. So I call Sidra. This bitch got a man? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. So I'm just like, so really, we just out here like this, huh? So she says, look, what, what do you think the issue is? I said, you know what? When I'm really, if I'm really being honest, I think the issue is I have a fear of rejection. Really? And she said the same thing. Because I'm fine when I go out to meet people when there's no sexual chemistry involved. Sure, business, you're great. Or just walking down the street. I'm saying hi, I'm high-fiving people. Hey, how you doing? All that stuff. Because I'm not like, hey. You know? Oh, right. But when it comes to that... Like, I, I remember before I did Made on MTV, I, I had the hottest dating life in New York City. I was like the, the 20-year-old Samantha Jones. Okay? I love it. Do you know what I mean? I believe it, too. I would see a guy across the bar, like this bar G. He would look at me. I'd look at him. He'd send me a drink. I'd drink it. <laughs> send me another one. I'd he drink that like one, a, too. Okay, this is turning out to be a song. <laughs> All right. Exactly. But basically, drink, you know. I'd drink it. It, too. Right. But you know their intention um, because sure. it's just like two guys, you're hot, I think you're hot, let's have our cocktails, and head back to the crib. Sure. Okay, now, then fast forward, when Maid came out, and I remember seeing this guy across the bar, and I was like making, that's when my eyebrows could move, because I didn't have Botox. <laughs> that was, you know, back in the day. Sure, back when in the I was day, normal. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and I was doing all that energy with him, and then he came over, and he was like, oh my God, I totally loved you on MTV, and I was like, oh, what? Oh, wait, I thought we were... I thought my night was wrapped up. This is a done deal. Oh, you're talking about MTV. So, see, it kind of changed. So, see, now, just kind of going to the bars where we live, yeah. I feel like uh, I don't really know who's into me or just admiring me as a friend. So, I don't want to be the one to find out. I understand that. No, I He's get that. just not that into you. Who the hell wants to hear that? <laughs> but don't you feel like I always... I, I 
I felt like I had that phobia too for a long time, like until I met Dan. And the reason I kind of met Dan was I almost didn't even care. Like I wasn't even when I first met Dan thinking about like, oh, this is long term or anything. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to sit next to this guy in this airplane and chat him up and whatever. I have no expectation because I had when I was dating, I put so much expectation. And then you go out and you'd spend five hours with these guys and they'd be like, yeah, I'm actually still married. And right. um, but I'm moving out. I'm moving. And you're like, fuck you. You're like so like or you know you get at the end of the night and they'd be like so these are my three kids and you're like three kids (laughs) i don't think so i am the hell out of here like so i understand like you get so wrapped up in it and you have so many expectations and hopes and then it all like crumbles sure so i know what you mean and i had to just i had a great girlfriend i we're still good girlfriends um but celine always just tells me like the person that is meant for you is like always going to return your phone call they're Mm. always going to be there because i was always like oh should i text him should i not text this guy and she's like Text if you want to text, text because the person who's right for you well, is well, he's always going to respond. And I'm like, so what a great filter! So why play any games? Like, just put it out there. So Sidra and I decided that for one week, that means seven full days, and we're going to start. We're going to decide to start and finish. Yep. We are going to go. Look how hot the UPS guy is. I oh. mean, damn. Sorry, guys. We should not be next to a window. But anyway. <laughs> we need screens desperately. We need screens. Desperately. Desperately. But it's anyway, white for we me. decided oh. that. Nice. Okay. We decided that for seven days, we were going to challenge ourselves. We did not care about the rejection. And we were going to just be out amongst, you know, I in the stores, it. walking on the street, talk to people, give them our business cards, and just say to hell with rejection and, and see what shakes out. I think that's great. What do you, you think? You do it. You're going to do this. I haven't started yet. Well, you got to. I and need then new you business report. cards with a fake <laughs> phone number. <laughs> 10 years ago, I lost 60 pounds mindful eating. And today I have kept the weight off. I never think about food. I never count calories. Honey, I don't even use one of those darn trackers or apps. I live with food freedom and I want that for you if you are ready and you want it. And that's where My Optimal Body comes into play. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment and be sure to let them know that the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. That is MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Why I wanted to partner with Dr. Apple is because he is a doctor that gets to the cellular and gut reason of why you can't lose weight and keep it off. They also work with your mental capacity as well. So many of us are emotional eaters. They address that and their clients see long-term success. If you are ready to lose weight, keep it off, and you don't want to do crazy Ozempic, myoptimalbody.com and tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right? (laughs) You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, 
or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. Hero Breads. Oh my gosh. Chef's kiss. Do you love carbs? I'm obsessed. Give me a croissant. Give me a tortilla, baby, every day, slathered with some hummus. Yes, please. And then a lot of veggies, a little turkey burger in it. Okay. Um, That's my own proprietary sandwich. Thanks. (laughs) Hero Breads right now offering 10% off. Go to hero.com. Co. Enter the promo code TSFS. You are getting 10% off. Now, Hero Bread is so delicious and flavorful, soft, fluffy. In fact, so fluffy that KJ loves it slathered with butter and cinnamon every day. They're known for their products to have zero to one grams of net carbs, zero sugar, and high in fiber. So what are you waiting for? Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code TSFS at checkout. That's TSFS at H-E-R-O dot C-O. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani Show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of our youth travel sports ruining families. Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcast, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. No, just be you. You're no, so I can't. Oh my God, um, Crump Paul, are you currently on any diet? Are you on any diet right now? You, do you diet? You don't. I mean, do you really diet? Why do you keep talking to me about this kind of stuff. Well, because I'm, I'm leaving obsessed here and, I and hate going you. to. No, I'm not. I know. I was gonna say I'm going to Equinox. Let me tell you about my problem with my diet. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with my diet is my fucking blowouts. Because I'm always getting my hair done, and I yes. hate to waste a good Sweat. blowout. Right. So then I miss the gym. Mm-hmm. I get that. It's a problem. What about yoga? Yeah. Yeah, I what think, about yoga? You know, when I was doing the slick back more than, you know, I could go to the gym more. I'm going to do that again. Well, people are freaking out about this Reddit diet. You know, I am very, very anti-diet. I hate diets. I, I've done so many of them, and they never work. They fail for 95% of people. Um, but that's why I kind of wanted to bring this up, because I'm like, no, why are millions of women falling for this? And men, okay. uh, it's called calories in, calories out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the concept, of course, is simple. You can eat whatever you want, but you have to make sure that the number of calories you eat is less than the number of calories that you burn off. It sounds familiar, but this has now become one of the most commented Reddit feeds um, and dieting in general is extremely popular on Reddit. Um, and they, it's filled now with stories of people who have reportedly lost weight, which the things with diet is, of course, you lose weight for a, sh- a short amount of time, but then it's 
almost impossible to keep it off long term. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, doctors are warning that, again, things like this don't work long term and essentially you need to find healthy balance and it can also lead to eating disorders where people have become so obsessed with the calories sure yeah so it's just so ridiculous i just i i hate when i see that because i'm like there's so many people still caught in that diet trap well when i'm at the gym and i'm doing cardio it almost seems impossible to burn off all of the calories or anywhere near the calories that i'm consuming right yes and i feel like I don't know. I lost the most amount of weight when I stopped counting calories and you just truly eat, you know, and that was my whole mindful eating series, my mindful Mondays podcast that I have, which Mm -hmm. is done by the way. So if you want to download it, you can on iTunes, If you subscribe to this, you'll get it anyway. But that was my thing is like when I stopped counting all this shit and worrying and Mm -hmm. that's when I truly listen to my body. And lots of times you're less hungry than you think you are. Now, what exercise were you doing? Were you walking? None. That's all I do is walk. Mm -hmm. I jog now and I do a lot of sprints. I like Mm -hmm. the interval stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, but I only do exercise that I love. I I used to sign up for like um, all the crazy gyms and trainers and um, the 5 a.m. workout class. And I never went. And the mental torture of trying to go was so ridiculous. Mm. So crazy. Uh, Last story before we get to Donnell Rawlings. Um, I thought this was really clever. Did you ever get suspended when you were in school at all? No, I didn't. Yeah, me neither. You never seemed like you'd ever misbehave. Um, But this mom is getting a ton of praise. Her kid got suspended for three days and suspensions themselves. I didn't even realize how controversial suspensions are. You think suspensions actually hurt kids? They say that it's very detrimental to families and to the child. One, because the child is singled out. Mm -hmm. Two, they usually have to go home and stay home by themselves. You think? They usually do. And there has to be some kind of consequence for bad behavior. Like, I have a friend that was saying that she and her husband rolled up to their kid at the playground outside of school, and the kid was terrorizing everybody. He was pushing one girl down in the dirt, and he kicked somebody in the shin. He was just being a tyrant. He was only four years old. And then the dad walks over and, like, sees him, and he's like, oh, my God. And then the next day, the the, um, teacher called and said, hey, your kid just did the same thing again today. Like well, no good. Well, that kid, they ought to like, you know, that kid needs to go on the playground and he lose a bunch of privileges and, and suspended. You think? Yeah, because when you're a kid like that and, and even a little older, you know, school is your life. Everything that happens with those kids there, like that's your whole world, basically. You know, home is just a place to like, you know, eat, take a poop, shower and go back to your real life, <laughs> which is school. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I feel like they. I think that the suspension is not a good idea. I think you should keep them in school and make them do something else, like manual labor. Okay. Which that's what this mom was doing. So this mom says she posted on social media. Now she's received thousands of responses. My son has been suspended for three days from school, and for discipline, he'll do your lawn service. He'll rake your yard, mow um, if you have a mower, pick up trash, or wash your car for free. Maximum three hours. If anyone has a rake um, that they would like to donate. That would be awesome, and he will do it for free. And then she posted I a picture. I love this, this mom. Isn't it great? It went viral, um, and people are absolutely loving it and praising it for her. And she got thousands of responses, and she says, already her son is booked for the three days. <laughs> Isn't that great? See, but that teaches yeah. the kid a lesson. I love You're it. You're not, like, going home. Um, yes, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, when I was a kid, you know, my dad is in construction. He's a builder. And every Saturday, I would get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go with him to work on the construction site. And he literally would take me 
you know, I'd, I'd, we would go to get to McDonald's to get um, sausage McMuffin with egg. That was oh, our yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. I thought I was really grown. And he would get coffee, I'd get cocoa. And we would go to the <laughs> job site. But I'm telling you, if I ever did anything wrong in school that week, he would drop me off at the job, at the job site and make me like do manual labor with the laborers that were cleaning the place, like moving cinder block. I was only like 10. Oh my God. Paul, over yeah. our Thanksgiving holiday, will you please bring back like your most <laughs> a funny kid photo, please, from your yes. childhood? Let's both challenge ourselves like the dorkiest or the most like the <laughs> opposite of what we think we'd be doing. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. never picture you with a shovel out at construction site, like moving dirt in a hard hat. Well, I had all of that and tears streaming down my face. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Paul Wharton Jr. Why are you doing this to me? They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Over there, kid. <laughs> Clean out the porta potty. <laughs> okay, we got to do that. That's our challenge over the Thanksgiving break. You guys have a safe holiday. Donnell Rawlings is on the podcast next. We love you. Follow us on social media at Hey Frage, at Paul Wharton, and Paul Wharton Style. On Instagram. Yeah. On Instagram. And be sure to leave us a review Absolutely. on iTunes. And email us. We love to get your emails and your feedback. Boom. All okay. Right. Donnell love Rawlings. you guys. Bye, guys. Donnell Rawlings. <laughs> Donnell Rawlings. Hello. I'm so glad I could catch you. I'm I'm absolutely like in love with you. I think you're the funniest fucking thing ever. Oh, thank you. I'll <laughs> take that funny thing too. I'll take the funny thing. <laughs> Seriously, I I had you know I discovered you through going to see Dave Chappelle in D.C. And honest to God, I mean I know in a million years you would never admit this, but in some ways I think you were funnier than Dave. You were incredible. I've heard that. I I put heat on that stage, so we're good. Oh, my God. Well, you are coming to the D.C. Improv um, Thanksgiving. It's a tradition here. And how many years have you been doing that? I think it's been six years total, six years. It's perfect because I get to make money. <laughs> I get to see my family, and I get to make people D.C. laugh, so it's a win-win. Well, you have some of the funniest jokes, and one of them involves Magic Johnson's son, which I won't give anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you gotta, I gotta tell you, I was, um, I went to a party, uh, Rihanna had a party at One Oak maybe a month ago. Oh my God. And, uh, EJ was in the party. <gasps> yeah. He was there and I was scared as shit for like five minutes. I didn't know if somebody told him I'd be cracking jokes and he's a lot bigger in person than he is <laughs> on Instagram. And I was like, yo, I do not want to get knocked out by EJ. That would be a, one of my worst TMZ moments ever. <laughs> so, wait, do you really think, I mean, because that had to be one of the best jokes. Do you think at this point he hasn't heard that? I mean, that was so good. I mean, I'm sure uh, he might have heard it. But I think that if he heard it, he would be a good sport about it because I'm not really like, Attacking his sexuality or anything, I'm just making a, a point. And everybody's so sensitive now, you don't know what you can joke about. But I think that he would take it in good spirit. And I think um, Magic Johnson would too, because I know he's heard a million of, the, of those jokes. I know it. <laughs> I would think so. Well, speaking of that, I mean, I've got a million it's questions. Really risky. It's a risky joke. It's a risky joke. But the payoff 
It is 100. Now, is that really why, like, you and Dave, and, you know, I know Dave was one of the first people to start this, where you can't use your phone at all, basically, during your performances. So, is that was that, like, your idea collectively, or was that Dave's idea, and, and you obviously go along with it? How do you feel about that? I think I, it was Dave's idea. It's like... It's it's um it's very interesting because we live in a world of social media where our social media presence is how people look at us in the business, personal life, in everything. So you want to be a part of it, but you want to control it at some point. I think that um I think it's a great idea for stand up comedy because it's hard for people to get um get in the groove and get in the moment of live stand up. Yeah. We are watching when you're watching a show through your phone your phone is the best thing that you think about it's tough but after a while it just creates this space where you could just be open and free and like yeah that's Dave's idea and my shows um I don't do it it's very expensive uh-huh. you know I don't do it and it's and like I was working with Dave over the summer and I felt good about nobody being able to record you and watching the show and then when I started doing my own show, the people had their phones out. It felt like I was about to be assassinated. It felt like the, the phones were people's weapons against me. Because people can take pieces of your show. Yeah. They could put it out there. People will hear it before they get to see it live. And then people can make, like, you can take somebody's, a minute out of anybody's set, and you can write an article, and that article won't be fair to what the comedian said and what he did, you know? But at the same time, these companies and people coming, when they're looking for talent now, they're not just looking for talent, they're looking for how many people follow you, how are you on social media? And it's kind of taken away from the game because now you're starting to get a lot of popular people that can back it up on stage, that don't really have the talent set, but they have the, the social presence and it gives them the opportunity. So true. Now, so Donnell, you've obviously worked in Hollywood many years. You work with very famous comedians. And we also are in this time with all these sexual assault allegations and many comedians coming out and admitting that it's true. So, you know, how, what's your whole take on that? I mean, as a guy, I'm sure you've witnessed some of this. It's like, it's um, unfortunate all the, any way you look at it. Um, TMZ interviewed me, and I made, not to make the mistake, but I made the truth of having a conversation with TMZ cameras after I had a couple drinks, which gives you all the truth you ever want to say. <laughs> and um, and points I was making, some women would upset me. And I said, they said, do I think that um, Harvey Weinstein will ever work in Hollywood again? And at first I said, no. And I said, yeah. And they're like, wow. I'm like, because he's a Stein. And everybody's like, what the hell you mean by that? And I was like, Jew can clan ain't nothing to fuck with, you know? <laughs> and, you know, and people laughed. It was like a two soon, you know, people laugh. But it's like, and I tell women, I try to warn them. I'm like, if you plan on being in entertainment and show business, you have to understand it's Hollywood, it's Hollywood, it's Hollywood, it's entertainment. 90% of the men that you're going to run into are going to try to uh, take advantage of you. Mm. Uh, majority of them are going to be disrespectful to you. You're going to be disrespected. And I was like, and it's your job to rebuke and negate all of that. So do you, you think... have to... I think I've come to a point like, I'm not saying that women are the victims. I, but I, I, I want to 
it's just a tough one because when you say how you really feel, people are like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And, 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 and what I'm saying is that it's awful. It's a shame, and I feel like there'll be some change. But it's not just Hollywood. It's just mm. um, men with power and money are always going to try to take advantage of women. Yeah. And it was much as people say, well, you know, some people come out like, well, I didn't say anything because I was fearful that nobody was going to believe me. But the day that we live in now, everybody believes you. Yeah. Everybody believes you. They're going to believe you first. And then, and then the opposite, the fucked up side about that, there's going to be cases where you shouldn't believe. You shouldn't be believed. You're a liar. You want attention. And there's going to be cases when you assassinate someone's character. Mm. You don't even have to be truthful about anything now. You could just say, that guy touched me, and he said enough, he said enough outlets, people are going to believe it. Now, if that's the case, or why is it? I don't know. And the, uh, the unfortunate situation, and this is a tough one for people to swallow, is that you're going to start categorizing rapes. Oh, really? And you're going to start saying, oh, what what type of rape is it? You know what I mean? And it's going to be unfair to women that have really been violated, mm. women that really have issues, because people are not, they're not going to know when to take it serious. And that's the flip side and, and, and upsetting side of it. That's you know, an interesting it's take. It's awful yeah. for a person. It's awful. It's awful for a person to use their power for sexual favors. I know that in my personal life, I've been in situations where I've got busy with somebody because they probably thought that I was bigger. They thought that I could give them an opportunity, and I've taken advantage of it. I haven't taken advantage of it against their will, but I've taken advantage of it the same way. Oh, he's cute. Right. If I can get some off of that, I'm going to get some off of it, you know? Yeah. But I do encourage, I do encourage women to be smart. And a, a thing I, I said on stage, if a man flies you across country, first class, yeah, you get a, you come to the airport, when you go up to the luggage, someone's standing there with your first and last name on the board, you get into an SUV, you go to the dopest suite that a hotel could offer, you walk in the door, there's champagne, there's chocolate, there's everything, and you don't have nothing in common with this dude, somebody is going to pay for that trip. And you have to be smart. Mm, that's really great advice. You have advice. to be smart. I think that's You have to be advice. smart. And you have, and you have to be smart to the extent, and it's tough. Some women have to say, you know what? Everybody said, well, um, I didn't want to be blackball. I didn't want to ruin my opportunity in Hollywood. but." You got to stand up for it, and in some cases, you can't question your morals right. for money, for anything. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's great you insider. Can't, you you can't you can't say I was concerned about my career. You have to come to a point where you say, "Fuck my career with this asshole." Fuck my career with this network. Fuck my career with this production company. Because believe it or not, that's not the only person you ever get to work with. And what women need to understand how far they've come in business in Hollywood, if you go to any studio, usually the top brands now are women. Wow. So you're going to find somewhere else to work. There's women bosses everywhere in entertainment. So when that asshole dude 
wants to disrespect you, you have to understand that there are women out there and there are powerful women out there that will hold you down and will support you. And they're waiting for you. And you have different options now. Oh, I love it. I feel like you're Guys so Guys are going to never stop. Guys are never going to stop being gross. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm... We're never going to stop being gross. So Let me tell you something. Yeah. It's so many people being exposed. I want to right now, I want to right now say that years ago, I was a victim of Me Too. I was working a job where I was making $10 an hour, and my boss wasn't that attractive. She wasn't anything that I would pursue, but she presented an opportunity for me to make $17 an hour. And I was not strong enough to resist, and I became a Me Too. <laughs> Got it. Got it. No, I love I Do love... I feel good about it? Yeah. Do I feel good about it? No. Did my bank account feel good about it at the time? Great. Right. You know? Right. No, I think that's a good... I mean, we are, man, we got, we, we got to be smart so many ways. Women have to be smarter and men have to be smart. Because small conversation and small talk that used to be cool, like, it, it, don't, it, it don't exist anymore. Right. I mean, the new thing now, you have to put a disclaimer. I came up with it. I came up with this idea. The new thing is no Harvey. Before you make a statement or say anything to a woman, you have to say no Harvey first. <laughs> it's like no Harvey, no Harvey. Your butt looks good in those jeans. I said no Harvey first, so no foul. Oh my God! You gotta be smarter. And guys, as much guys, if you're listening to me, as much as you want to be gross, as much as you want to be boys and we boys, you can't do it. You can't do it. Oh my God. We're in a different. We're living in a different time. It's a different thought process. There's uh, different circumstances to your behavior, and you got to grow the fuck up. It's time to adult. So switching gears, Donnell, like you, you know, obviously you're full time in, in comedy now. You you have an amazing career. You work with unbelievable people. Um, but tell me this. It seems like you achieved a lot of success, like a little bit later in life. You weren't like a comic that just came out at 20 years old and had like tons of success. How how did you stick with it and, and just keep like work? At, you know, you're so good. The thing about it, because I love it so much, mm. you know what I mean? Like the first time I started in Washington, D.C., the first time I ever, ever touched the microphone, I completely destroyed the room. There's accounts of it. You could talk to me about it, not me. Like, yeah, whatever. I was like an animal when I came out. And it was the only thing that I like. I, like, I was like, this is the shit. I love this. I'll do this for free. Oh wow! Hopefully, I'll do it for money. But I never, I never looked at it as like, I never looked at it as a thing like, I want to be rich and famous. I always wanted to be good first. I wanted to be good first, and I knew if I became good, everything would fall into place. To be quite honest, I think I've been hot every year I've done comedy. Sometimes I've had opportunities to have a better platform, and there's no like, there's no system to it. You don't ever know when you're gonna like really pop. I honestly don't think I have blown up yet. Oh, I was on the day the other day, I was like, when I blow up, he's like, what? Well, I'm like, because I think once you feel like you're blown up, you don't, you don't, your mind is not open to learn more. You know, you'll probably get a certain arrogance. 
you lose your humbleness. You know what I'm saying? I, I tell people, when, and I mentor people, they're like, Daniel, how do you think, you know, getting started, what should I be ready for? I was like, be prepared to be broke for 80% of your career. If you wow. can be happy and you can live free with nothing, then everything else will be a gift and you'll just enjoy everything. And I never, ever thought about doing anything else. I have never gave myself a plan B. Wow. And I knew that I knew that I was the shit and I knew that it was just going to be a matter of time. Wow. I think Dave Chappelle every day. I interview people. I interview people. People interview me all the time. And they're like, you know, if it wasn't for Chappelle's show, blah, blah. Chappelle's show gave me a platform to do what I've been doing for years. Right. When I work with Dave, when I go to his shows, people that are his fans and my fans, but people haven't seen me. You know, I gain fans because people are like, who, who is this guy? Where did he come from? But I've been running the tortoise in the hare race forever. I've seen a lot of people go past me, financially, a lot of things. But I'm keeping a steady course. Oh, I'm keeping yeah. a steady course. So, oh, yeah, like, yeah. so now it's just connecting the dots. So I have two last questions for you. One, when you work with a comic, I mean, clearly Dave Chappelle is is one of the best that's ever lived and, you know, probably ever will be. I mean, did things really come so easily to Dave? Because I thought it was interesting, you know, with two things when he was doing his stand-up set uh, here in D.C. You know, one, he was like, look, this is it. I I really want to retire. I don't know if that was a joke or not. But the other thing was that he was talking about how easy comedy comes to him. And with a guy like Dave, I'm like, God, you know, I wonder if that's true, you know, if he just has that gift. So what is the real process? Yeah, it is because certain, certain, minds, certain minds are just programmed funny. Yeah. They're just programmed funny. That's why when you get too soon, like a real true comic, and it's heart of heart, mm-hmm. there's never too soon. There's a too late because everybody's going to be doing those jokes. And his, broke, his mind is programmed to think funny. Life is funny. Funny observation. Somebody asked me, can a joke be too soon? A joke can be possibly too soon, but the observation never can be too soon. I love that. I think Dave Chappelle, his mind is that he observes everything. So now it's like, what out there would I put it in? Would it be in, in the form of a rant? Right. What would it be? It would be stand-up. And I think comedy does come easy for him. But with comedy coming easy for him, it's that it's becoming harder to exercise that type of easiness because everybody got a stick in their ass. <laughs> People go to a comedy show to be judgmental and to protest. I'm a fucking comedian. Did you read the description? <laughs> My thoughts don't have to run parallel with your thoughts to be good. You came to listen to one person and their opinion of life. Not to judge them. But is that really true for you? Don't go to a goddamn comedy show. I mean, do you really leave a comedy show and you get, like, you know, Twitter messages or people really... Do you... Does that actually happen to you? Like, do you get a lot of negative feedback? Yes. Oh, yeah. I've had times when people have tried to protest me and, and and, and talk shit about me. But the thing is... When they try to build their, when they try to build their people to go against me, what they come in contact with is that I have a strong army myself. I have a whole bunch of loyal fans. I have a bunch of fans that really know my character. I have examples of how I've stopped and taken a photo with pictures and, and with people and go above and beyond. 
So when you try to build a hate against me, you can't do it because my people are going to hold me down. While you're trying to start a trend, they're like, no, that's not like him. It that doesn't sound like him. That's not the Donnell I know. And those people hold you down. Can you slip on the tongue sometimes and say some shit? Yeah. But at the end of the, end of the day, it's, it's, it's what type of following did you build? Yeah. yeah. And who loves you? Um, and who loves you? And those are the people that hold you down. Final question. I think we were actually on competing radio shows in D.C. at one point, um, and you worked with Big Tigger. I just was curious if you liked radio or if you thought it was just like the shitty I love business. Radio. You do? <laughs> I love. I miss doing radio. I miss. I'm so weird when I used to do radio. First off, every radio gig I've worked with three stations. Every radio I get, it never was me in pursuit of a radio job. It was just like somebody got fired. Yeah. Donnell sat in for a day, and and then it's like, oh shit, you want this job? And every time I got it, I love it, you know. And, but you know, it didn't work out. But I used to, because I think it jokes so much. The morning radio was like, oh, I'm always up early, so I was like, oh, this is the perfect, this is the perfect thing for me. I can wake up and crack jokes to people. It was dope. I missed the radio. <laughs> I but it's you know, it hard to get into it. I used to, I was so like, I used to, you know, morning show, you know, there's certain times when everybody's listening. Yeah. I never knew that. So I would go to work six o'clock in the morning and I'm all hyped and everybody's like, what's wrong with this dude, right? And then like at 720, everybody's trying to turn up and I'm already ready to turn down. <laughs> I've been going so hard that when the time that you're supposed to go hard, you know, I was still there, but I just was always, always excited about it. I missed doing radio. I would love to do radio again. Really? Oh my God. I did not anticipate that you... You would say that. That's pretty funny. You were on with Big Tigger on PGC, and I worked at Hot 99.5, and I, I can remember you. And I was like, oh, my God, that's wild. And then, you know, your career has just continued to grow, and it's terrific. Yeah, all you got to do, I just look at it like this. Like, that like what I wanted, want people to feel is the way you felt about me and the way you felt about seeing me perform live. Yes. You know, and it's a song, Jay-Z. Jay-Z has a song where he says, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove. Every time I go on stage, I feel like, allow me to reintroduce myself. Yeah. And I'll keep starting over with people. And yeah, I'll great. keep continuing to try to get new fans. And it'll, 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 it'll work for me. It totally is. Um, well, people can catch you, DC Improv. You're there the 24th through the 26th, Thanksgiving weekend. Tickets, um, t- there's still some tickets available at dcimprov.com, correct? I know you'll sell out, so I don't know. Yeah, if they sold are, out. but I, I, yeah, that's like that's been a solid sellout. Um, yeah. For six years, it's just a great time. I'm from the D.C. area. I get to perform for family. I get to eat with family. I get to chill with family, and I get to to tell jokes to my D.C. family. It's always so much fun. It's one of my favorite shows of the year. Oh my God! Well, you are fabulous, and I am so. I'm just so excited. Are you gonna be around? You gotta come. I'll, I'll tell you this. I wish I could. If gonna, you. Yeah. Oh, you can't. Well, no. I'll just tell you. Anybody listening, okay. if you came to the uh, Warner Theater, if you if you like my stuff at 15 minutes, an hour, it's like <laughs> you got it. stitches. Oh my god! Uh, eye makeup, running, um, maybe. Um, some fluids coming from your body, but it's crazy. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, I can remember it. all your jokes. I mean, you making fun of the fact that you were older and having a kid and calling your friends, and they were like, if I can get off work, it was just so, you're so funny. No, let me tell you something. <laughs> it's so funny. It's true. And I was a little nervous about it, but it's just a, it's just a fact of life. It is what it is. It's who I am. And the only thing I can do is embrace it 
and love it. But it is funny. Like my son's birthday party, I had my friend's grandkids <laughs> posing for, for my son. I mean, it is what it is. You get it where you can fit it, but. Oh my God. I'm loving it, and it's funny. Well, you're funny. terrific. DCimprov.com. Follow Donnell Rawlings on Instagram, on Twitter, and just much continued success. I can't wait to keep following your career, and I'm very grateful for you taking the time to be on the podcast. So thank you. 